This is Jules, lead pastor of TFH Oakland. We exist so that people far from God can experience a fulfilled life in Christ. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online at TFH Oak or visit us at tfhoak.church. Today we're actually starting our first series. So we're going to go through four weeks. And I'm really excited about this series because it's fun. I'm an I'm a 80s kid. Did anybody grow up in the 80s? Was born in the 80s? How many guys survived the 80s? Maybe you're a little bit older. You survived the 80s. You're like, man, I'm glad that decade is gone. My spandex don't fit no more. They didn't fit in the first place, but I'm glad that's there. So we kind of got a throwback series, and it's called The Quest. And I'm really excited this because it's paying homage to all of our Zelda fans in the building. Thank you. I appreciate that. I knew there was a couple of geeks in Oakland. I knew that. I knew that. So awesome. Uh, and so we're really excited today. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down. I got two working titles. The first one is this is Full Fill. And that's F-U-L-L-F-E-E-L-R. You can say put purpose to your pain. Uh, now, I believe that God's called us all to be on a... Uh, I didn't even introduce myself. If we've never had the opportunity to meet, my name is Jules. Nice to meet you. My wife and I, we're the lead pastors. This is my wonderful wife, Lonnie. I didn't even tell you who we were. We just started this conversation. Like, who is that guy? I don't, I don't know if I quite like him. Well, welcome. Um, so we're jumping into this series called The Quest, and uh, I believe that all of us are on a journey, and I believe that God kind of has this cycle. He has this trend in which we flow that many times God will call us. He'll invite us. There's an invitation, and we find ourselves on this journey trying to figure out what's on the other side. Where do we find our purpose? And a lot of times we may hit pitfalls or undergoing this, this process of discovering all that God has for in our life. We experience a lot of pain. Has anyone been in the building and you've experienced pain in your life at some form or sort of fashion? Has anybody got pain right next to them right now? That's your husband, your wife, your girlfriend. No, don't raise your hand, man. I was going to say, no, baby. Nothing but pleasure from you. Nothing. Uh, but there's a little bit of pain. And I, I want you to adjust your interpretation of pain this morning, because I think that pain usually is a precursor for God helping us to discover our purpose. And I believe that everyone, uh, everyone in the earth, let alone in our city, in our nation, there is a purpose that God placed inside of us. That when God was creating humanity, he put a purpose and put a person around it. And I believe that there are a lot of things that we go through that causes us to disregard the very purpose that we were placed on the earth for. And I believe that Jesus models this in probably one of the most clearest depictions of how pain can actually help you and someone else along the journey. Now, I, I, unfortunately, I can't say that I've never seen pain. I've seen pain. I've experienced pain. I've actually grew up with a family member. My father, he had chronic pain. And seeing him go through this process, there was always this hurt in my heart, like, I wish I could do more, or what's the purpose of this? And I believe that Jesus models this for us. And so there's a moment, if you guys got your Bibles, if not, we should have it on the screen, but it's in Luke chapter 23. Jesus is going to the cross. He's on the cross. This is the pinnacle moment for believers, because we believe that Jesus came, he represented God, he was the son of God, and this is a moment where he literally is taking our place because of our sin, our disobedience, our mistakes. He goes to the cross and he takes what was deserving for us, what we deserve. And Jesus spread out his arm and he says, I'm going to surrender my life literally to offer forgiveness to us. And we believe that Jesus rose again. We believe that God actually allowed his son to rise again on the third day. That's why we paint eggs and we celebrate Easter and we eat ham. That's how it all comes together because of the resurrection somebody's. Okay, moving on. But we believe that Jesus did this. And in this moment, while Jesus is on the cross, there's something that I want to hone in on. There's something that I want to take into consideration. It's because if there's ever a moment in your life 
that you don't want to talk to someone, it's probably in the moment where you're going through pain. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you ever stub your toe and someone says, oh, how are you? You're like, I will hurt you. I want you to empathize with me. And now is not the time to talk to me. But in our pain, there's usually a response that we normally have. And most of the time, that's to close up. Most of the time, that's to get distant. Most of the time, that's to drift away where we're going through pain. But Jesus does something very peculiar. And I want to read this. Luke chapter 23, we'll read a few verses. Verse 32, it goes like this. It says, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with Christ, with Jesus. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Now, take a look at this. Jesus is on the cross. He has nine-inch nails going through his wrist. He is experiencing excruciating pain. The word excruciating is actually derived from this moment of crucifixion. They had to create a word to describe the pain that he's going through. And Jesus, not choosing to use any other F word but forgiveness. Someone's like, can you say that in church? It's all right. It's okay. We'll get. But he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Look, he's focusing not just on what's going on in his experience, but he's looking at those that are around him. And it says this, and the, the, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself. If he really, or if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and to us to while you are at it and, and while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God? Even when you have been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. By this time, it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock and the light from the sun was gone. And suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last breath. It says this in verse 47, when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what happened, he worshiped God saying, truly, this man was innocent. This morning, let's talk about putting purpose to our pain. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that your word is alive, it's active, and it illuminates, Lord, even the most confusing and the most, you know, distracting uh, seasons of our life. And I pray today, Lord, that there are some of those that are in the room, those that are listening online, Lord, that are going through this moment of pain and really saying, God, where are you in the middle of this? God, I pray that I would be an extension cord from heaven, Lord, just to be able to communicate your word in such a way, Lord, that would give us hope in life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... So the thing is, we're all on this quest. We're all on this journey. And I love movie theaters. I don't know if that's the reason why we decided to plant a church in a movie theater. But one of the things I proposed to my wife in a movie theater, our first date was in a movie theater. So I think it's only like God for us to have church in a movie theater. And plus, you can go see Star Wars or 1917 right after this. You know what I'm talking about? Grab some popcorn. It's awesome. But how many guys love movies? Anyone love movies? Come on, if you're a movie people, that's, that's really why you came here. You're like, I didn't know church was going on. I just... Get my movie pass. 
But I love movies is because when it comes to movies or stories, there's usually a similar trajectory. There's usually usually a similar uh, train of thought and more like almost like a cycle. You know, when they were forming drama in in Greek and Roman uh, culture, they were trying to figure out what's the uh, recipe for drama. And they would have these moments where there was the introduction of the character, and there would be this moment, they call it the epitasis or epitasis, and it's this moment of tribulation and trial, and then the very end of the story would be the catastrophe. Now, we know catastrophe as like something bad happens. Like if you say, man, it was a catastrophe, like that chick showed up, she looked like a catastrophe, you'd be like, that was not going well. But actually, a catastrophe means to be resolved. It means like the finale. And so we've all seen those love stories where the two people, they start off in the story and they they hate each other. And then through some crisis or some struggle, they fall in love with each other, but they can't really show it because they don't want to be like that because their friends knew that they originally hated them. But at the end of the story, we see them walking off in the sunset, holding hands, kissing each other. And we're like, oh, that was a beautiful story. And whether we've seen it in Django, we've seen it in, you know, Star Wars, there's always this quest to find some kind of solution at the end of the story. We're always in this moment, but a lot of times what usually happens in our own personal life when we're on a quest is that we start with an introduction, we start knowing the characters and the plot, and then there's this trial and this tribulation, or there's these moments of trauma that rock our lives that stop us from actually reaching the catastrophe or the resolve. There are these moments where it seems like the boat of our lives have been rocked in such a way where it stunts our ability to have relationships with people. It stunts our ability to even trust God in such a way. And we almost, if we're not careful, we can become numb and cynical because of the pain that we experience and we stop from fulfilling God's purpose in our lives. And we live in a culture that actually condones drawing away. And I love this, and it's weird at the same time, because we put on a portrayal that in the world and in our society, you could be loving and kind, but let someone get an opportunity to post in the comments, and you find the most cruel and sadistic people in the comments. How many of you guys ever read a comment and be like, my gosh, what's wrong? Because people, if we're not careful, all across our city and our nation, people are experiencing pain. And they're succumbing to it. They're looking for that escape. And I believe that there is a new opportunity that Jesus shows us through his word because I don't believe that pain should be the very thing that stops you on your journey. I don't believe that pain should be an excuse for you not to serve, for you not to offer yourself to God. I don't believe that pain exempts you or removes you from walking out in God's fullness. If anything, I believe that pain is God co-signing, that he's with you, he's walking with you, and he has a purpose even in the midst of the trial and the trauma that you've gone through. Oh, man, that was better preaching than the clapping God. Come on now. And we see this all the time, this, this season. And I want, you, I want to ask you this question. Where are you on your quest? Are you in the middle of this new season that's starting? Are you in this moment where literally you're caught in trial and tribulation? Or do you feel like you just actually walked out of the trial and you see that things are resolving and you're about to step into a new season? Wherever you are in your quest, I want you to understand this is this, is that God uses our past and present pain to fulfill our purpose. But the enemy of fulfillment is emptiness and, the, and, 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 and emptiness and becoming numb or apathetic. That there's a desensitization that can happen when we're walking through pain. And I want you to ask you this question. If you're going through pain right now, who's the author of your pain? Because have you ever thought about that? Where does pain come from? And I, I believe there's two places that pain can come from. Pain, one, God, there's pain that God allows. And there's pain that we're the author of or we plan out the pain. 
And you'd be like, man, I never plan out my life with pain. Oh, yes, you do, boo. Let me explain it to you. You find kind of right, kind of Mrs. Right, and you start dating, and you realize there is something very, very wrong with this person. Be like, I'll overlook it. They're so cute, and they buy me dinner. And you overlook it, and you're like, you know, we're going to have a happy life. And you ignore those chaos, those moments where you're like, something is wrong. And then you get to the other end of it, and you realize this is catastrophe, and it is not looking well or right. And you throw a flag on the field. You're like, God, where are you? All of this pain. And God says, I, didn't, I wasn't the author of that. That was you, boo. <laughs> and all of us have in some way, and I can even look at my own life, there have been moments where I ignore the signs, I ignore the signals, and I said, God, I got it. I'll take it from here. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to close this deal. God, you just chill out. God, you're God. Worry about the angels. I got it. And as I begin to move forward, and I start seeing the tragedy and the trauma that begins to fall behind me. And I look on the other side, and God's like, are you ready? I'm like, please, God, come and help me. God, please come through. And there are moments, that there are, there are moments where God allows pain. And here's the crazy thing is, is that God is never the author of our pain. God is a loving father. And it's so, so, sometimes it's so hard to understand that because how could a loving father allow pain to come throughout the earth? Well, there's a couple of things that we have to understand. Because of sin, and that's not an excuse, but because of sin, we live in a broken and fallen planet where there is sickness and disease. And we live in a broken and fallen planet, and there are some things that God has given us responsibility to be the managers and the stewards of. You know that homelessness exists not because God is unfair, but because we have not taken our place to make sure that we are doing the right things. Or that sin has ended and impacted someone's life in such a way that they feel broken and lost, and they're on their journey. But God has called us to not only just see that someone else is going through pain, but God can actually use the pain that happens in our lives. God will use our brokenness. I don't know about you, but before I had a title or a pastor or a microphone, there were things that happened in my childhood. There were things that happened in my adult life. There are things that happened even as a husband, as a father, that rocked me to the core. And I say, God, why did you allow this? And the Lord has always been so faithful to assure me that that pain, it has a purpose. That pain, it has an algorithm. There is something that God is doing, and that pain can either be your demise or you can profit off of that pain. There's something that you can do that can actually not only benefit your life, but someone else's life. And I want us to look at pain a little bit differently because if we're going to live a fulfilled life, and what we believe at TFH Oakland is this, everyone deserves the right to experience the love of God. Even if you don't believe in him, when you walk through those doors, hopefully someone smiled at you and said, oh, you look good. You've been working out? No, but you look good. And you felt that. And we believe that everyone needs to experience the love of God. When we worship, when we're singing, but when we're living our lives, that God loves us, he's for us. And we believe that everyone should have family. And we believe that everyone should live a life of purpose. But here's the thing. You can diminish. You could, you could overlook the first two of God and community. And you can be successful, but that success will only last for so long unless it's in the context of God and knowing that God has made you successful for a purpose, that God is using you for a purpose. And when you begin to leverage your gifts, talents, and abilities to serve someone else, that's when you find fulfillment. And that's when you begin to walk further along in your quest. And even the pain... Even the pain that you've gone through can actually be leveraged for the kingdom of God. The first thing that we see is this, is that Jesus, he's challenged. Jesus goes through two types of pain in this story. And the first part of pain is he becomes questioned 
for who he really is. Here, these political leaders, he steps in front of Pilate, not Pilates. He steps in front of Pilate. I was looking at that. I was like, man, that's Pilates. That's a whole new, someone's like, and Pilates, question Jesus. Like, he steps in front of these political leaders, and they begin to say, if you are who you really are, prove it. You know, one of the biggest things that can cause you to become empty is proving yourself to others. You want to know the biggest thing that can drain you and, and, and literally sidetrack you from living a fulfilled life? If you're constantly on this roller coaster of trying to prove who you are to other people. And I love the swagger of Christ. It's because there are moments where people will even question your character. There are moments that people will even question the validity of what you believe. And when you walk through pain, pain doesn't just reveal who you are, but pain reveals who God is in your life. And what does Jesus do when he's literally questioned? He doesn't say, man, I'm the son of God. Let me prove it. Let me show you what I have, what I'm offering. But Jesus says, you know what? The validity of who I am, my character, my confidence doesn't come from what I'm producing. My character comes from God. And we experience one of the most excruciating types of pain is when we live in this margin of trying to prove to others who we think we are or who we want to portray out to the world. And we put up these facades and we put up these images to say, this is who I am. Do you believe it? And people say no. And we're like, well, let me prove it to you. And we get further and further sidetracked on the quest of fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. See, I believe that God wants to eliminate that kind of pain, that who we are, number one, it comes from him and him alone. And here's the thing about God that I love about him. It says this in Romans 8, 28. It says, when you know that in all things God works for the good, for those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Even trauma and tragedy, when it's positioned in the hands of God, can take on a metamorphosis and it can become changed and it can be used for God's glory and your good. You see, there have been relationships that you may have walked in that have sabotaged your destiny and the relationship that you're currently in. You're literally causing that person to suffer because of the pain that you experience because you haven't surrendered that pain to God and say, Lord, work this out for good. And because there have been people even in this room that you may not have had the father in your life that you felt like you deserved and you hold on to this pain and literally once it's surrendered to God, God has this ability to say, I'll take your pain. And I can reveal your purpose. Just put that pain in the right hands. Don't put that pain in someone else. Don't put that pain in your job. Don't put that pain in your kids. No, you put that pain in the hands of God. And God begins to work those things out. And you're like, God, how can you turn this around for good? And that yet now your fatherlessness can become a very reason why you love people and you recognize what kids need. And you step into the role of a teacher. That broken relationship, then you start to realize when you're talking to that young man, you say, hey, I know she looks beautiful, but is her heart in the right place? Does she love God? And you begin to look at things differently. Why? Because God wants to turn your trauma and your tragedy, and he wants to put that as railings on a track for you to fulfill God's quest on your life. I hope I'm talking to someone in this room today. Here's the crazy thing. There's only two people that can ever say that I have been fully that I've been crucified with Christ. That's a verse of scripture in the Bible where these people said that, man, I've been crucified with Christ. And I love this is because Jesus is on the cross and there's two criminals that's on his right and his left. But guess what? They deserve to be there. Their pain is self-induced pain. 
Jesus' pain is not self-induced. He's doing the right thing, and he actually is experiencing resistance and heartache. But one of the things that I love about Jesus that we need to have in our lives in 2020, rather than allowing his pain to be an excuse and for him to withdraw and to become self-centered, he actually puts his attention on other people. You see, when you want to profit over your pain, recognize that your pain is actually can be used to help someone else to avoid what you actually went through. That your pain, your chronic illness can actually be encouragement to someone else when they see the joy of God on your life. And they're like, man, what is wrong with you? I know that you've hit all of this heartache, but you're saying it's not about me. It's because I have a God that's walking with me in the middle of this. And I love these two criminals because they're both experiencing the same pain with Jesus, but they have two different interpretations of it. One person begins to criticize in the midst of his pain. One criminal says, if you are who you say you are, God, take this pain away. And the other criminal says, I deserve this pain, but God, is there any mercy that can give me alleviation of this pain? And even if you don't take away this pain, can I just go with you? You see, being free from pain does not prove that God exists. Your ability to walk through pain proves that God exists. Jesus promises so many things. Oh, baby, you're going to be blessed. Oh, baby, you're going to live life and life more abundantly. Oh, baby, you're going to get fruit and fruit that remains. Abide in me and I abide in you, boo. I mean, Jesus promised so many things. But one of the things that Jesus promises is this. He says, you see what happened with me on my quest and following God, that I experienced pain. But guess what? I didn't allow that pain to be a label for the rest of my life. I didn't allow that pain to trap me in the middle of my quest of fulfilling God's purpose. But that pain, that was just a watermark to show you that even in the midst of pain, God still has grace and mercy. And one criminal ridicules, becomes numb, and separates himself from God. All the other criminal says, I'll go with you. I don't know what criminal you are, but I want to go where Jesus is going. I want to be the person that when I'm walking through pain, my eyes are not just on what I'm going through, but what God is doing in the middle of all of this. And I love this about Christ is because the very thing that we face when we're going through pain is this, is that there is this tendency for us to want to withdraw. But when we believe that our pain has a purpose, you, and there's a, one of the things that we have to understand, you can't fight pain with petty. You can't be petty when you're going through pain. How many guys are really good at being petty? I know some really petty people. No, 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 no shame to my wife, but my wife is very quick-witted. Uh, Y'all laughing already. No, I'm not trying to say that. My wife is very quick-witted. And you know you're really smart when you have to, like, guard your petty from coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you the petty monster. You be like, oh, what the what the? <laughs> like, you have the ability to make people feel really bad. <laughs> but one of the things you have to realize is that you can't fight pain with being petty. Because the moment that you begin to be petty in your pain, you actually start adding to the complaint. You start adding to the frustration. You start adding to the anxiety. You see, I love this. is because Jesus even guards his confession while he's going through pain. And he says, Father, forgive them. Oh, man, whatever is in you is going to come out when you hit pain. You guys ever had those moments where you're walking down the hallway and you stub your pinky toe on the corner of that trim and it's like death and hell and all the demons have attacked your pinky toe? 
and you'll be like, holy fuck, Nugent. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And see a child there like, daddy, what was that? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, daddy. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> but the question is, is this, how do you interpret pain? Or even a better question, how do you steward your pain? You see, sometimes we see, I would, I would ask you to change your perspective. Don't look at pain as an insult, but look at pain as an invitation. Because I love this is because Jesus says while he's on the cross, he says, criminal that doesn't deserve the grace of God, you will be with me in paradise. And pain is an invitation because misery loves company, but I believe that there is also joy loves company. That even when you're going through miserable situations, there's the tendency for us to withdraw. But Jesus says, no, my pain will actually be an invitation to come along this, on the side of other people. And I want you to understand this morning that whatever you have gone through or are going through, it actually become an invitation to someone else that may not know God, that your pain can actually have purpose. When you begin to show someone else that I've walked what you've walked through, I'm walking with you as you walk through it, I've been there and I've experienced that, and rather Rather than being petty and insulting you, how about I extend an invitation to say, I will walk with you along this journey because I know that God will use this pain as a purpose to reveal God's destiny in our lives. Pain has a purpose. And how did Jesus fulfill his purpose? Well, I love this is because Jesus did two, two things. He remained full and he kept compassion in his heart. You see, when I get to those moments of trial and tribulation, I don't want to go into a trial and tribulation empty. But the Bible says that Jesus was full of the presence, the power, and the grace of God. So when the moment of trial came, there was something that he had to offer even in the midst of that trial. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Jules, it feels like I'm on a crucifixion. It feels like I'm going through the crucible and the pain is overshadowing my ability to trust God. Well, let me tell you, you're in the right place because Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you strength. I will replenish everything that you lost. I'll add another coin in the arcade so you can keep the quest going. Why? Because I know that there's purpose to what you're going through. Now, I would be lying to you if I said that I've never experienced pain. And I would be lying to you if I said that I've never seen pain. Actually, even in this, these recent days, I have a spiritual father, the one that literally, he opened up his house, his family brought me into the kingdom of God, invited me to know Jesus, and he's about to go be with Jesus in the near future. But all of the th times that I've seen him go through pain and, and trials and doctor visits, one of the things that I've noticed, that he always kept putting his faith in God. Man, I've had the luxury, even my own biological father has been so available and in my life, but I watched the joy in his life that my father would always say, even as he was going through pain, if you didn't laugh today, you didn't live today. And it puts something inside of me to where I have such a resolve that no matter what's on the other side, I know that God will put purpose to whatever I'm experiencing right now, that there's a journey of fulfillment that God has for us, and I will not let pain dismay me from completing what God has called me to, and I know that even if I'm going through pain, that I have something to offer someone else. And if you're in the room today, guess what? God will use your pain to help someone else out. And if you've gone through pain and tragedy, you are in the perfect place because you've got a lot of people that have gone through pain or even walking through it. But guess what? You don't have to walk through it alone. And Jesus shows us. Come, all who are weary, and I'll put purpose to your pain. Let me pray for you as we close. Father, we thank you for your word. If I can have the band come up. Father, I thank you for your word.
And I ask today, Lord, that you would literally not just remove pain. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online or visit tfho.church.